0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Week 17 DFS MVP Podcast. I'm your host, T.J. Hernandez, the director of DFS at 444.com. Back, as always, with my co-hosts, John Daigle, Pat Corrine. Boys, welcome to uh, the biggest, ugliest slate we've seen.
1: <laughs> it is big and ugly.
2: It's It's not necessarily ugly, but pinning plays down is certainly an issue because there are values, there are... Every player we want to spend up for. So even poking holes in some of these spots, it's not really about that. It's about just getting it right, which I understand that's every tournament week, but genuinely for this one, it's really just about honing down the offenses and saying, these are the players are going to break out and then cross your fingers because there's really no way to hone it down.
0: Yeah, I I really like the um like if we get a nine to ten game slate where they're kind of split between early and late, uh that's that's where I where my eye sees it the best. Um, thirteen games on the main slate this week with ten of them early, uh so uh I'll be playing a lot of early only for sure. Uh, but before we get into it, Corrine, uh remind everybody what you got going on for um playoff uh, uh fantasy over at Legendary Upside.
1: Yeah, legendaryupside.com. We've got uh, you covered with playoff best ball stuff. Uh, I have a podcast that I'll be releasing after we finish recording this. I uh, talked to Will, uh, one of the data scientists over at um, over at SaberSim, and he was talking through some of the correlation that we can think through with playoff best ball. Where you know some of these guys are, um, you know, we, we're trying to draft teams that are actually uh, advancing the NFL teams themselves are winning games and advancing through the rounds. So, it, you know, this correlation help us think through how we're building teams because we're, can we benefit from some of that correlation to advance teams without having to take, you know, random shots in the dark on the guy you need in round one. Uh, that's an interesting conversation That'll, that's available for free on the legendary upside podcast. Um, but also have this premium tool that we launched, uh, that is, I just think a really nice kind of, uh, draft companion tool, kind of a second monitor type setup where it's, it's dynamic ranking. So it'll actually shuffle the rankings based on who you've taken, just kind of help you keep track of like the bets you've already made essentially on which teams are going to advance. Um, it's a, a, a much less frazzled drafting experience.
0: Yeah, it's a fun way to get some action, especially for those that have been playing season long all year and, and, and their seasons are winding down or have already ended. Obviously with DFS, we go through Super Bowl uh, with all the slates that, that are available, we will be touching on in some respect going through February. So if you just want to dabble in DFS and you haven't tried out the sub yet, sign up now. The DFS plan is only $24 uh, through the rest of the season. You get an additional $25, uh, 25% off. With the code YouTube, so make sure you check that out as soon as possible. But let's uh, let's jump into this slate. And the reason I, I kind of said it's it's a little ugly, at least from a game perspective for GPPs, is we don't really have um, obvious shootout spots. The game with the highest totals uh, also have very big spreads. Only a couple game with, with decent totals and, and relatively close spreads uh, starting with Ravens versus the dolphins, 47 point total a game in the early window with the Ravens favored by three and a half, giving them a total of 25.25. So Pat, let's start on the Ravens side of this thing. Um, Two good defenses here. So it looks like we're going to get relatively low ownership on both sides on the Baltimore side. I mean, I, I think we're all pretty confident that, that the running backs just aren't going to get there this often. So if Lamar and company can get there in this spot, what, what are you looking for from him and his past catchers, especially if Zay Flowers is out?
1: Yeah, I've been kind of intrigued by Odell Beckham uh, recently. Just like his, his per route stuff is all so good. And it's just a question of how many routes is he going to run and you'd have to think, like, with Zay Flowers, you know, n- not healthy, right? Is he officially out?
0: I don't think he's officially out, but uh, there he was limited limited uh, participant today.
1: Okay. So that's, you know, a reason where we should see Odell Beckham's playing time tick up. And when he's out there, they're really looking for him. You you sometimes see this with guys, like, they'll run uh, not that many routes, and then their targets per hour run will be super high because, like, they're coming on the field. For stuff that's like kind of more for them. And so it doesn't, it doesn't translate fully to a bigger role. But I mean, Rashad Bateman's having trouble holding off Nelson Aguilar. So I just I think Beckham's kind of the guy. He's sort of the next guy up here. Um I, I think he'll he'll kind of soak up some of that. And if the idea is like Beckham's a, you know, an older veteran coming off this injury, um, you don't really need to save him given the importance of this game. To to the Ravens. Uh, this has this has important seating implications for them. So I think uh, we, we if if we're going to see more of Beckham in the playoffs, I think we would also see more of Beckham here.
0: Yeah, and I think um, if you are going to play Lamar, especially if Zay Flowers is out, um, maybe we see Isaiah Likely's ownership get bumped up if Flowers is out. But right now, uh, Isaiah Likely kind of in that that second tier of ownership, so he should get some ownership, but not a lot. And obviously, Lamar, expensive quarterback, especially on DK, offsetting that with a lower salary player um, is nice, whether it be Odell uh, or Likely. Daigle on the Dolphins side, looks like we're going to have no Jalen Waddle this week. So obviously Tyreek's going to project very well. Uh, His high salary should keep his ownership in check a little bit, Uh, but obviously this is a very good Baltimore defense. So outside of Tyreek, is there anybody else that we can see even sporting a ceiling game against this Ravens D?
2: I honestly don't want to get there in this slate. Uh, I don't want to force this game at all, honestly, given how good, how great both defenses have been. Again, people tried to poke holes in the Dolphins defense last week, citing the schedule, even though Vic Fangio has the pieces and has historically, when he's had the pieces, been able to deploy them successfully. And that seems to be what's happening from week eight on on with Jalen Ramsey even shutting down the Cowboys offense last week. So overall, not really interested in this game, honestly, but if you want to get there, I did a show with – uh, Rich Rebar of Sharp Football on Wednesday, and he was the first to cite that with Jalen Waddle off the field this year, Tyreek Hill has been targeted on 47% of his routes. Like Tyreek Hill has just been moved around the entire formation and hammered anyway. So with Christian McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill, and Kyron Williams as the main spend up guys this week, uh, I will be curious to see how their ownership fluctuates. Christian McCaffrey will probably be the highest rostered and – for all the right reasons, so I don't even necessarily want to fade him, but I will just continue throughout the week see how these guys fare. But from the total perspective in this game environment overall, I think it's pretty bad for everyone, honestly. That's why my favorite play in this game is Gus Edwards on FanDuel, because if one team were to blow the other out, I think it's Edwards. Christian McCaffrey is the only running back with more carries from a two-score game script this entire year than Edwards. And even if you were to then put the filters on behind the scenes and only minimize that to when Keaton Mitchell entered the rotation in week 6 Gus Edwards is still second in the league and carries from 8 from 8 points plus so i think Gus Edwards is my favorite way to play this one honestly
0: yeah it's always tough with these um expensive stacks uh quarterback wide receiver stacks on especially on DraftKings kings um when the slate is expanded out to 13 games it's even more so because you have to be so perfect um against so many other players going and if you're playing to uh as Daigle mentioned like tyreek it's you you have to stack them with tyreek with water so you're just giving up so much to get there so if you are looking at, at the expensive quarterbacks in this game at least lamar gives us some salary relief in his pairing options um but yeah get Either whether it's Tyreek alone, Gus alone, um, I, I think given the defenses in this game, I probably want one off plays and hope they just go completely off, then hope that this game gets here. And, and that's reflected in the value scores on four for four this week. L- Lamar's always going to project well, um, but I, I don't think we need to be using him in cash. So the only team, the only player that really is projecting as a cash gameplay is Baltimore DST because they are pretty affordable. Um, Another game, and and again, for this slate, it's a decent total. As I mentioned, the high total games are really big spreads. This one's okay in terms of the point total, 44-point total. Texans are favored by four against the Titans. Um, Probably going to be tough to find true ceiling plays here, but the thing that the Texans have going for them, Daigle, is CJ Stroud is set to return. The issue, as I just mentioned, these expensive stacks, if you're playing him, probably like him and Nico are – probably too expensive for us to like. So if we are playing Stroud, do you do you like him with, with Noah Brown or or Schultz or or maybe we just look for like Devin Singletary as a salary pivot off of a chalky uh Clyde Edwards Hilaire?
2: And we saw the last game that Tank Dale was injured early in uh Nico Collins recorded a 46% target share from CJ Stroud. It's an amazing spot. And I don't think Nico's salary is going to get out of hand given what everyone's trying to do in this slate. So because of that, Nico's definitely, I want to say arguably a priority for me, but I'm thinking of everyone, everyone in his range. I want to play between Chris Olave um, in that same territory as well. Uh, so I'll just say Niko's definitely in my pool of players. The only thing that may take me off of him is that I do think the players being rushed back from concussion is a serious thing. Uh, Whether it's been wide receiver, even quarterbacks this year, Brock Purdy, Trevor Lawrence, both struggled when they came back from their concussion too. And given how serious this one was for Stroud and that he missed two games, they're in the playoff hunt, so they need him back. I do question if he's even healthy, honestly. So it takes a little bit of leap of faith. I think we're going to get Nico at 2% Again, given that everyone else is paying for players above him, but he should be in your pool because it's an amazing spot.
0: Yeah, the expensive wide receivers are in good spots. Um, At a similar salary, uh, Rasheed Rice and Chris Olave are probably going to get a lot of the ownership in that salary range. So um, on, on DK at 72, I do think we end up with Nico Collins kind of in that no man's land. And I don't think a lot. I think if people are playing this spot, it's probably the Singletary side. And then even, even there, I don't think there's going to be a ton of ownership on him. Um, but if you can get leverage or, or a salary pivot off of those two, Chuck, you guys, Russ um, Nico, even if you don't like Stroud, I think as a standalone play. If he commands that huge target share, uh, could obviously pay off uh, on his own. Karain on the Titan side, looks like we're going to be getting Will Levis returning. Uh, but even more so than the Texans side, I think this is a really tough spot to find ceiling plays uh henry as an underdog i, I don't think we're going to like him there we have at four for four uh nuke and sugar Conquo both projecting as decent values but nothing really jumping off the page here for me
1: I, I feel the same way you know i think this game it certainly could be fun because the texans aren't you know that you can pass on the texans and they're tough to run against the titans are also tough to run against um, you you can run on them. They're not as good as they were last year against the run, but they're they're much better against the run of the pass. So you you could see this game kind of being like sneaky fun. Uh, but I I think I prefer that from the Stroud side, where uh, you know you're to Daigle's point, we need to take the leap of faith that he's that he's healthy and playing really good football again. That's how this game gets fun. The Titans certainly aren't going to like push it into fun territory on their own. That's not their style. So it really comes down to are the texans moving the ball through the air effectively and are they being aggressive and if so then yeah i think like chigo he's in the mix 3600 yeah it, it's kind of interesting hopkins has such a big target share i think he's he's viable but um they're not they don't like jump off the page to me
0: yeah, early um early projections. We got a, a pretty decent ownership projection on Gerald Everett. Uh so I mean if you could salary pivot from Everett to Chig at, at, at half the uh ownership, I mean, are are you really gonna be that upset if you're fading um Easton sticks, primary pass catcher, tight end shock. Like, I don't think that's, that's too bad uh, of a deal. Um, but uh, with all that said, cash game, not a lot of interest here on either side. Nuke, as I mentioned, projecting decently, but nothing that we need to be forcing uh, into this game. Uh, moving on chiefs Bengals, another game with a 44 point total, but the chiefs are favored by six and a half. So not expecting a ton out of the Bengals side chiefs, 25.25 total is a little intriguing, and we have uh, some late swap ability with this game kicking off in the 425 window. We're going to get chalk on CEH and, and probably on Rasheed Rice as well. So, Corrine, is this a spot actually where, with the ownership on these two guys, like where Mahomes finally has a ceiling, whether it be with Rasheed Rice or maybe even finally with Travis Kelsey against a, a Bengals defense that uh, can definitely be scored on?
1: Yeah, so I I just wrote about this in the walkthrough. And I say just because I haven't published the walkthrough yet. Uh, I'm gonna get that out uh, later th- this evening. Um, but the uh, my my feeling was that yes, I think that this is a pretty good setup for the Chiefs. And I know the Chiefs have been frustrating this year. And you know now Mahomes is like a system quarterback apparently. And you know it took like four mediocre games <laughs> for everyone to turn on him. Uh, but yeah, I mean I think. You know, you're kind of betting on the, the larger sample of Mahomes being amazing and you're betting on a matchup that's quite good. And I think quite good for the Chiefs specifically, like where the, the Bengals have been especially bad at, at preventing uh, efficiency against first reads. And so I my one of my reads on the Chiefs is that, like, it's just been kind of obvious what they're trying to do. They're trying to get the ball to Travis Kelsey, uh, and they haven't really had a counterpunch beyond that. Um, well, Rasheed Rice emerging helps there, but I think it also helps to go against this defense. It's 31st in dropback success rate. They're allowing explosive plays at the third highest rate, and they're also third worst against first reads. So it's pretty a pretty nice matchup for uh, for Mahomes and, and company. Uh, I know it's, it's going to kind of take a leap of faith to do the Mahomes-Kelsey stack at this point, but I th- definitely think it's in play.
0: Yeah, I think um I I think given that CH and Rasheed Rice are both probably looking at over twenty percent ownership, I I think you're getting the leverage, you're getting the ceiling against this defense. Um obviously you can still double Mahomes if you want, but I d do you have a, a lean on I don't think any of us would want to play CH and Rasheed Rice together at twenty on, percent on which of those chalky chiefs you would rather have in your lineup?
1: I mean I did- <laughs> I lean Rice just just because it's like a talent thing, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and but yeah, I, I get the salary saving angle with with C H. So, are we? I, I think he's he's fine.
2: Are we suggesting because of Rice's price, then not many people are going to play Kelsey?
0: I mean, I think Kelsey will just get like I think he might get some moderate ownership, but I mean, I don't know how anyone play like I don't know how a seven K Kelsey gets above. we have met eight and a half percent i don't see how he gets Mm. above 15 percent like maybe we're low there like maybe comes in at 10 or 11 but i just don't see how he gets to 15 or 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 higher
1: it is interesting though because like rice versus kelsey straight up as a flex like wouldn't you rather just have kelsey and it's only 100 more
0: yeah but 100 more at tight 7k at tight end is always tough to pull off
2: it's also annoying that CEH is in this spot because he's been terrible. But also, the Bengals let every terrible running back they face do whatever they want. Uh, nice and CEH, is, CEH, assuming he plays, is going to get every touch. Uh, Ill on Friday, and Pacheco also questionable. So we don't know. But we also know if one or the other gets ruled out and the other's active, they're most likely going to handle every single touch over Lamichael P. Ryan and Generic Prince.
0: Yeah, there's there's still um, quite a bit to be determined in this game with with injury reports. Um and some of that uh is on the Chiefs defense as well. Still get a chance that Legeria Sneed is out, which could have a big impact on if we want to to play any Bengals contrarium plays. Um I, even if Jamar Chase is active, nobody's gonna be playing the Bengals side of this thing, uh, Dagle. But I, I think if he I think if he's out and Lejarius Sneed is out. I think that sets up a pretty interesting leverage play with T. Higgins, uh, not having to deal with Legarius knee. Do you see any uh, leverage plays on the Bengals side here?
2: Sure. T. Higgins is the one that stands out. I do think, although it's too cute, I think people, since it's a slate we need salary in, may get to Andre Yoshivas because he did match T. Higgins with a 19% target share last week, and I think it's fine for cash games. Again, we just play the values in cash and be done with it. In tournaments, though, I do think it's pretty thin, uh, whereas T. Higgins, we talked about it last week. Before before that game, six career games without Jamar Chase was averaging a 90 receiving yards, 24.6% target share, and then last week just blew up with 130 and a touchdown. So Higgins would be the one for me that actually has the ceiling.
0: Yeah, and, and again, whether you're playing that as as a mini with the chalk on, on the um on the Chiefs side, or you know, if you're playing I don't know if how easy it would be to fit him in with uh, Kelsey and Mahomes, but you're gonna be getting three very low owned plays or relatively low owned plays um in this spot with C H and Rasheed Rice. And we all know I also C. I don't feel the need
2: to bring anyone back either. Um, sure. I, I'm a little bit worried that Patrick Mahomes will get steamed because it's not like people hate Mahomes. They still want yeah. to play him. And That's now true. it's this suddenly the best spot possible, and everyone wants to play Rasheed, Rice, and Kelsey. Everyone knows CEH is a chalk play, so they're trying to find leverage off of him. So I am worried this game overall like gets steamed a bit, and then sure. I, I just get to be the one to say, well, the Chiefs aren't good, so I don't care. And <laughs> <I, I> just <laughs> play everyone yeah, else I, instead.
0: Yeah, if we get if we get Mahomes up at thirteen or fourteen uh, percent, and and Kelsey gets up to fourteen percent, then we're not really loving that it's, spot.
2: It's it's all like last week where Tanner Hudson on a two game slate last week with Irv Smith healthy scratch, probably because no one was paying attention. I get it. It's it's Christmas weekend. We're all doing other things. But he closed at twenty four percent in that two game slate, and I got one catch out of him. I was so pissed. I do not understand how that happened. Also, we saw that. Uh, Mahomes last week and just that offense in general, it was against a Raiders defense that is literally the number one defense in fantasy since Antonio Pierce took over in their last seven games. But goodness gracious, man, they're just so useless. They have no one out there. Uh, so yeah, I'm just a little bit worried about that environment altogether.
1: Can Antonio Pierce win Coach of the Year? Is he eligible for that award? Uh, that would be fun. I
2: think the Raiders have like a 20 25% chance of still sneaking to the playoffs. So if they were to, then I think he could. Because that's the war, That's the only award, I should say, that makes sense every year. MVP is basically the quarterback who has the most wins. Uh, comeback Player of the Year is basically just a, a bad player who – was discovered mid-year. Alex Smith averaged five and a half yards per attempt, but he came back from the gnarliest if, injury we ever saw. That they gave what about him this as an
1: olive branch? What if Purdy wins Comeback Player of the Year? Is that good? Can that bring the community back together? I think
2: that's too thin, because st- we're still in the division the conference championship. So Uh-oh, That's damn. only one game removed. <laughs> uh, can't I tried. Do, can't do that. But for Coach of the Year, to answer your question, it's interesting because this year, although Dan Cable was the favorite before last night, there are a lot of coaches, not just Stefanski, who are making the most out of the least, and that's who has historically won. Brian Dable last year made the most out of the least, snuck that awful Giants team into the playoffs, only to get road graded after the Vikings win. Uh, two years ago, Mike Vrabel took that awful Titans team like to the wild card round, and also that was the year Rich Basaccia got third place in the voting. Over Zach Taylor, who took the Bengals to the Super Bowl, because everyone knows coach of the year is what do you actually do as a coach? So to me, it is still D'Amico Ryans, Shane Steichen and Stefanski. But if the Raiders were to sneak in, sure, sign Pierce up. Prize Picks is North America's largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform and one of the most exciting ways to play DFS. And best of all, Prize Picks is simple. Just choose between two to six players and pick more or less than their prize pick stat projection. It's that easy. Quick withdrawals, an enormous selection of players, and you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. But it doesn't stop there. Prize picks even offers in-game projections. Imagine gathering at the house, watching football with your friends, and building an entry to cheer for together with more aj brown receiving yards or less jordan love passing yards now it's possible just go to prizepicks.com slash and use the promo code DFSNVP to match your first deposit up to 100 prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy
0: well um speaking of um Bad, award, bad awards and battle award, uh, <laughs> that and battle award really takes uh moving on to the 49ers uh at the commanders moving on to these games where we have again the high totals but also huge spreads so very unlikely shootouts it's daigle um let's start with the 49 ers side who are favored by almost two touchdowns with a point total close to 32 i mean it's at this point it's the same question every week um how heavy are we going on CMC, Chuck? And this is the best matchup he'll have all season. And are we stacking Purdy? And if so, who are we stacking him with and how heavily?
2: I believe Brad in the chat earlier, asked, who is your favorite pl- spin-up player to prioritize? And it's it's got to be McCaffrey. Yeah, Since it's... Washington traded Chase Young and Montez Sweat, No running back has scored less than 22.3 PPR points against him. And that was Tony Pollard, who doesn't get there against anyone. And he still got there as an RB1 against Washington. So to me, it's a nuclear McCaffrey game. The thing is, I know it's expensive on FanDuel, but you can also still bring along Brock Purdy. They can both get there. So I don't even feel like I need a... Stacking partner on DraftKings is a lot easier. You can go down to George Kittle, who's 1400 less than Travis Kelsey. But even on Fandle, with both of them so expensive, just Purdy McCaffrey, those are your spend up options because Purdy, Purdy should be a top two quarterback in this slate. Um, he's much better than, like, let's say Lamar, who's a cash game option. Like, this is the nuclear game. He's leading the league in yards per attempt from a clean pocket still, 10 and a half yards per attempt. And as we know, the commanders are the only defense generating pressure on less than 30% of teams dropbacks since they traded those two studs. So it's just, it's the 49ers onslaught, man. They're going to get there. It's impossible for them not to get there.
0: Yeah, uh, if we look at the um, running back projections we have on on DraftKings, I think CMC's median projection is like forty percent higher than any other running back this week. Uh, it, it's really really hard spot to to get away from CMC. And for those wondering about like fitting those expensive players in, like at least on DraftKings, kind of the, the cash game lineup is like jam hurts, jam CMC, and then punt your pass catchers. Um, so with Zemir white with CEH available, I think we're going to see quite a few studs and duds builds. So, um, keep that in mind when you have CMC in, even with Purdy, like you're still going to want to get pretty unique around there. Cause even Purdy at seven K CMC at what? 93 on, on DK or 96. Um, you could still fall into a lot of similar lineups as other people, so just be very cognizant of those cheap players that you are using because they could end up being relatively uh, high-owned. Corrine, um, it, it looked like we maybe had a, a chance to get, um, you know, some kind of pushback from the commanders with what we've seen from, Jac- from Jacoby Prissett the last couple of weeks, but uh, he lands um, on the injury report late yesterday with a hamstring, uh, so now he's questionable. I mean. Hope uh, from what we've seen, I would assume we want Jacoby to play for targeting this game. Um, if he does, is, is there anybody that offers anything from a GPP perspective on the commander side?
1: Yeah, I think we strongly want Jacoby percent to play in this game. Like, I think we like if we're targeting this game, he makes a big, big difference. I mean, we've seen Howell just completely turtle over the last couple weeks, and you know, he, he got benched like twice in a row. And it was really bad the game before that. So, you know, the issue here for the 49ers is like, are they going to keep the their foot on the gas long enough to, to get there with like the onslaughts, which I think are pretty interesting here. Um, and maybe they would because they got embarrassed by the Ravens and, you know, it's kind of like their pride's on the line. But this is a Super Bowl team. Like they also could just easily dispatch with the commanders and pack it up. Brissett, I think has just such a better chance of hanging with them than Howell does. He also is 4900, so he's pretty interesting just to play. Um it makes me, it makes me just more interested in the game where I can go like McCaffrey and a 49er and then I, I have Brissett as my quarterback. I think you could do that with like Curtis Samuel, you know, you could do that with Terry McLaurin, you could do that with I I probably would just single him and bring back two 49ers or something like that or like he is also 4,900, so I don't know. Maybe you don't even need to stack him.
0: Yeah, I, I have a little more loaded Brissette question for both you guys. I'll, I'll save it till we get through these these next couple of games. But uh, if, if Brissette is active, I, I do think the the 49ers onslaughts um, are, are much more in play, all of them not surprisingly projecting very well. Pretty uh, cash game considerations, CMC cash game lock even at his salary. And all three main 49ers pass catchers are projecting as very good value. So if you could fit any of them in and want to, uh, you could definitely play multiple 49ers in cash this week. Another team with a big spread. The only other team with a total of at least 30 points this week is the Eagles favored by 12 against the Cardinals. Game total 48 points, but of course, as big underdogs, Cardinals only have an 18-point team total. Uh, Corrine, let's start on the Eagles side because there are a lot of high-salary quarterbacks that are very much in play this week. The problem with Hertz is he's the high-salary quarterback with the highest ownership. So is he that much better a play than Allen Lamar, Mahomes, even Purdy, um, given his ownership, or or is it? Uh, c- can we offset it with maybe his lower owned pass catchers and be okay?
1: Yeah, I think the the the, the thing I struggle with with Hertz is like how much is he going to bring along the other pieces in this matchup. I wrote up Justin Fields; he was the cover boy of the walkthrough last week because I just love the matchup for him because it's like, man, Fields can. Like he can attack downfield here and he can use his legs. But it's sort of like, hey, Justin Fields isn't someone you're always excited about. You should be excited about him here. Hertz is someone we're like always excited about. And if anything, this matchup, I feel like kind of dampens my enthusiasm a little because they're not going to push back particularly well. And Hertz, I think, will get there. Like I think Hertz will have a really good game, but who do you bring along with him? And is is he making AJ Brown a good play at a high salary? Just because he has a big game, maybe not, because like this, you know, he could push in two touchdowns pretty easily here, but that doesn't help Brown. It's also a week where you've got some of the pocket passers, especially Purdy, set up really well. And you also have Brissett and Tyrod Taylor available as like really cheap, kind of mobile-ish quarterback options that, you know, if if you're just trying to get quarterback right, you can do that a lot cheaper. So I don't, I don't think the Hertz chalk doesn't really appeal to me that much because it doesn't like I think Hertz is very well positioned but I'm probably only getting like one thing right when I put Hertz on my lineup
0: yeah he is the cash game quarterback but um I I think I agree with you that it's pretty hard to figure out how you want to use him and and probably a relatively expensive pass catcher uh, in GPPs. Daigle, on the Cardinal side, Kyler Murray back-to-back DMPs before limited practice on Friday, but even at, at full strength, um, hasn't looked that great. Philly, if we look at season-long numbers, profiles as a pass-funnel defense, but they have been struggling against running backs of late. Is James Conner a crazy
2: contrarian player? Can we at least think about it a little bit here? He's a really good play. He's been an RB1 now in three consecutive games. As you mentioned, over the last month, the Eagles have struggled against the runs mightily. It's not only that they're allowing big plays because they've actually played the most defensive backs in the entire league because they've been dealing with so many injuries, but now on the ground, too. A couple of weeks ago, Ken Walker reached 86 in a touchdown. Saquon Barkley last week reached 80 in a touchdown. So I think James Conner is very viable. Conner and Trey McBride really are my options here given that McBride has run 68% of his routes from the slot, and that's where the Eagles are allowing the most receiving yards per game. So those are my two options for Hurts and A.J. Brown. Not even A.J. Brown, for Hertz. even. It really just comes down to how much do I lose around him if I play him, which is why I still think it's a slate where outside of Purdy and Matthew Stafford, I, I still think spinning down for quarterback is kind of the best way to go in tournaments.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be uh I, I can't wait to see um who you guys like out of these cheap guys because that's what I want to ask. But before we get to those cheap guys, one more expensive quarterback um team with that's favored by quite a bit. Bill's favored by 14 against the Patriots with a team total of 27. The game total is only 40. Uh, but Daigle, we do have some some like mid range chalk, maybe not like in the 25%, but Zeke probably gets played a bit. Demario Douglas probably gets played a bit, while none of the Bills are going to get played much um in a game where the Bills are home favorites. And I mean Josh Allen can go nuclear. He's the one quarterback, well I guess Lamar, but he's the quarterback we've seen go nuclear without necessarily having to bring all of his players along. So I mean Josh with the cheap option, even like a, a naked Josh Allen here. Uh any thoughts on the Bills?
2: I don't want to talk anyone off of Josh Allen, but again, it just comes down to how much you lose if you play him, especially because typically we could spin down for James Cook, Gabe Davis in the past with him, but it's, Predictably not a good matchup for Gabe Davis, since the Patriots are one of only two defenses running man coverage on 40% of their defensive snaps, along with the Cowboys, and that's the exact coverage that Gabe Davis has struggled immensely against, not only this year, but for his entire career. Not to mention that James Cook now, we have to deal with Leonard Fournette poaching touches away too. That was a one-score game script on Saturday throughout, and Leonard Fournette still got five carries, so it's enough to take away touches from Cook overall. So Josh Allen, sure. Stephon Diggs, although we haven't seen his ceiling in two months, I do think it's a tremendous game. He actually led every receiver in the league last week and target share, although he didn't get there in the box score. So if you can fit him in digs Allen, of course they're fine. You don't even need a run back from the Patriots. Everyone's trying to play DeMario Douglas, even though he's like this little possession receiver yeah. who doesn't have a ceiling at all. Yeah. But again, it's really expensive and it's just hard to get to the other guys without them.
0: Yeah. Of, of those like, four or five most expensive quarterbacks uh josh allen should come in comfortably as the least rostered um obviously we don't need to be like super contrarian with our quarterbacks the pieces around them can can offset that but it's definitely worth noting that uh he'll probably be in that like four percent range uh, while the other guys would probably be quite a bit above that corinne i I think the interesting here is a couple weeks ago um we were pretty comfortable saying zeke was bad chalk now with Bailey Zappi, he's been targeting Zeke uh, a ton. I mean, are we to the point where like Zeke's not going to be twenty five percent? But is he a, an okay GPP play even at like eighteen or nineteen percent?
1: I mean, I don't know. I'm worried he get comes in above that. I guess would be my concern. And then, and then I don't, I don't want to. I mean, I, he's getting there, yeah. But it's like he is pretty. It's pretty gross he's he's got a decent success rate this year so he's kind of like chugging along hitting the right holes that kind of thing but he's got no burst and so you're just kind of hoping he gets peppered with underneath targets and yeah I don't know I I think if he if he stays tame I think it's fine but he's just one of those pieces where I would be terrified that I flip it over and he's like 25
0: I mean I, I I'm kind of on the other side I could see him being the guy that that gets squeezed ch down at 53 and zamir at 51 like i think the project his ownership projection might be a little high like I, do people want to pay 900 more or 700 more for zeke compared to those two guys
1: well ch is also gross but you're, is yeah gross. yeah i'm not Zamir. i mean if zamir's yeah he's is there some uh chance of of jacob still playing or is he, i don't know
2: he still hasn't practiced. He's he's closer to doubtful than questionable.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think people go to Zamir over um over Zeke for sure.
0: Yeah, it's I mean, we don't love the spot for sure. There's enough pass catchers that are cheap where um like you could probably get away with like fading a lot of the cheap running backs. I mean I I mean uh, I think singletary might be my
1: favorite cheap guy, to be honest. I don't like the singletary goal. Singletary is an amazing
2: pivot this week above yeah. all else.
1: Yeah. He his snaps are way down, but is it's like garbage time stuff. Yeah, don't like, don't get me, started didn't on. get me wrong.
2: Don't get me started on snaps don't matter. We don't need to do this. <laughs> um, it's it's all touches. Don't follow snaps, yeah. follow touch counts. You know, I, I,
1: I think snaps are an important piece of context, but you know, no, they not con- use context with their context. And the context was they, they were playing Daria Gumba Wally, which they're only gonna do if they get blown out again.
2: And the Titans offense is not it's not scaring anyone away. Right.
0: Um, this is the portion of the show where we usually touch on on the other games, and there's quite a bit of them. There's still seven other games to touch on. Um, Rams are really the only other team with like a decent team total. Um, all of the other game totals are relatively low. But I think what's interesting this week is that we have seven quarterbacks at 5K or lower, and a few of them are projecting half decently. Uh, so... Uh, Daigle, I'll start with you. Of these cheap quarterback plays, and we could talk about the team or just the quarterback play straight up, is there a cheap quarterback player team
2: that stands out to you? What's crazy is that all of them are in good spots. That's the issue. Tyra Taylor... Every time he's come off the bench, Taylor, it's all relative, but he's been the best Giants quarterback. He's the only one who fearlessly throws, launches the ball through the air. He showed that last week. Um, Coming off the bench for over 100 yards is a gunslinger, over eight yards per attempt. It gets Darius Slayton involved also as a cheap option too in a game where we think the Giants will be a negative game script against, honestly, the top two offense in the league with Kyron, Puka, and Cooper Cup all healthy. So... Yeah, like the Giants can definitely answer with cheap Tyron Taylor. Uh, Jared Stidham, that performance, it's the Niners last year, lives rent-free in my head. It was it was literally one of the best performances by any quarterback over the last five years. It was incredible. He took them to overtime. And now it's this Chargers defense that they lost by two points, but the Bills averaged six and a half yards per play. Josh Allen went over 11 yards per attempt. Like The Chargers didn't stop them. They just got lucky the Bills didn't score more points. So Stidham from Marvin Mims, their best receiver, also is an amazing little cheap stack to have with Gerald Everett uh, to fit everything else in. And then, yeah, Jacoby Brissett, as we talked about earlier, also he's, he's come off the bench for five possessions the last two weeks. They've scored a touchdown in all five drives. So again, again, they're, they're actually all in great spots with cheap run backs, Stacks as well. That's the issue.
0: Stidham's projecting as our best cheap value on both sites. You already have Cortland Sutton rolled out. Jerry Judy was DNP with an illness. We don't want to play Jerry Judy anyway, right? So you got like, you have a narrow, not even narrow, you know exactly who you're playing Stidham with if you play him.
1: But didn't Mims this
0: time too? Wasn't he?
2: Mims is questionable, but I think he's going to play. Um, okay. and either way you can just use brandon Johnson. he was, he was right there with mems anyhow we just all want to play mems because he provides that ceiling the only the, who, who that's the one though i think i lose in the shuffle of all these quarterbacks if only because Keenan allen and josh palmer aren't playing thus like where do we even get a ceiling from the chargers in this game like who the to right. score points
0: quentin johnson man
2: <laughs> I tried it once. I got a touchdown <laughs> on a 7% target here. I assure you. It was not pretty. Quentin Johnson
0: pivot off of Gerald Everett Chalk. Let's go. Um Karain, is there <laughs> is there a cheap um quarterback or, or or cheap game stacks that are standing out to you? Because as I mentioned, we have a ton of them.
1: Yeah, I mean the other two, I, I think uh Brissett and Tyra Taylor are the two that um I was really eyeing up. I think Brissett, if he's healthy, is just it's a great spot because like, you have the incentives aligned here, where like Brissette didn't get to play all year, and he pretty clearly should have gotten to play some. So he's he's out there trying to make stuff happen for his next contract. You got the enemy trying to show, actually, I I'm a pretty good OC. Howell's Howell's the one who's not good. You got Ron Rivera who's definitely going to get fired, but trying to be like maybe maybe not fire me. So there's like the the team will be trying to you know be aggressive and. They already are super aggressive through the air. And they're playing a 49ers defense that's a massive pass funnel because teams know they have to keep up with them and play aggressively and try to score points. And the commanders will hold up there and there through the play calling. So if he's healthy, he's my favorite, uh, partly because I just, I want to bet on that game environment from the 49ers side. He's a way to get into it uh, cheaply A quarterback. Um, you, CMC plus, I think, a 49ers piece per set. Is is very fun. I also do like Tyra Taylor though. Um, I think the Slayton element's interesting. I also like Kyron Williams a lot here. Uh I think the I mean the Rams wide receivers are a little bit harder to well, I guess it's it's hard to pick your 49er receiver too, but they're set up well. Like the the Giants don't uh they blitz, but they I, I'm not worried about them uh just getting to Stafford with the pass rush and protection has been kind of the key thing with them for much of the year. So I think Stafford set up fairly well here and Kyron set up really well. So Tyra Taylor with Rams coming back is also really interested to me.
0: Yeah, we have um, a couple of cheap receivers popping in those games as well. Curtis Samuel and Wondell Robinson, especially on DraftKings, are popping as pretty decent value. So there is um, some indicators that those passing offenses could have some juice this week. Uh, the only other like cheap, uh, Player in a passing game that is is popping quite a bit is Rashid Shahid against that Tampa Bay um, pass funnel uh, could get a Chucky Olave and, and and some some ownership on Shahid so anything uh, from either side of, of that game for you guys.
2: I think Bucks and Saints is is great. Because Eric yeah. Carr's been awesome against the blitz this year, honestly, and finally these last two weeks he's given us a ceiling. He's been a top nine quarterback in both of these last two games, albeit in garbage time. But no Marshawn Lattimore. So even like Mike Evans could get there since historically he's been drowned in this matchup and man-to-man coverage. Both the Saints and Bucks secondaries have fallen apart completely over the last couple of months now. So I think there are going to be a lot of points in this one. Alavi has a 26% target share against the Blitz from Carr as well. He's going to get lost in the shuffle along with Nico Collins just because everyone's trying to go up further. So yeah, he's, those, are, those are two of my favorite plays. And if you want to get up a lobby because you need to spend money, we've seen Shahid spike double-digit target shares now in back-to-back games. Teams because the saints get blown out so sure you can also play shaheed in this game
1: i think it's a little fragile because the bucks have been very conservative even with baker mayfield playing well over the last few weeks and so i'm just worried about like do they push the saints enough and the saints are kind of a balance to run first team so it's like what something kind of needs to spark here but i do agree if if it gets going it could be fun
0: yeah i, th- I think <clears throat> the only other spot that i'm i'm interested in is if and when josh jacobs is ruled out if zamir white gets out of control as the as the cheap running back option like if by sunday morning he's at 25 percent, i think looking at the colt side is pretty interesting
2: uh with Zach without Zach Moss Jonathan Taylor is definitely interesting away from Kyron Williams and maybe trying to figure it out from there my, my only concern is that it is a good matchup for Zamir White because the Colts are we've now seen like the shine has come off of Shane Steichen and just trying to piece together everything because they've had so many injuries uh this Colts team has been terrible the last few games and I think it's because the magic has just run out now
0: Yeah. Um, no, no matter how you're building this week, it it just definitely keep in mind that with, um, with so many cheap, uh, both quarterback and pass catching options available and 13 games on the slate, um, go playing heavy game stacks on the full slate. Um, it's going to be really tricky except in the smallest field stuff to, uh, to really separate with game stats. It's setting up where you kind of have to be. It's like a nine, nine player parlay kind of week.
2: I want to prioritize the 49ers and the Rams. I know that. I'm just not sure yet how to do it.
0: Yeah, I agreed on the 49ers. I mean, absolute smash bot. How do you get unique there? I mean, if, if, you know, whatever player we feel like is going to come in low owned, um, that's probably who you want to be doubling Purdy with. Uh, Before we get to our favorite plays of the week, I want to remind everybody about Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. Go to prizepickscom slash GFSVP. Use the code DFSVP for our first deposit match up to $100. And once again, we have a three-player pick where you could 5X your money. Starting with uh, the Saturday game this week, Jared Goff projection of 263 and a half pass yards against a Dallas defense that gets pressure. Also a Dallas defense that you could beat on the ground. Detroit set up as good as any offense to take advantage of that matchup on the ground. Liking Jared Goff for less than 260 three and a half passing yards. We already talked about Rashid Shahid in that matchup against the Tampa Bay pass funnel defense projecting for 32 and a half yards. We like him for more than 32 and a half yards with his increased target share and the fact that he's a player that could get there on one play. And at the top of the show, we talked about that good defensive matchup, Miami versus Baltimore. Cedric Wilson getting a little bit of an inflated projection with Jalen Waddle out against Baltimore. We like him for less than 35 and a half receiving yards. Again, five extra money with that three play. Player pick them, don't forget to go to pricepicks.com slash DFS MVP and use the code DFS MVP for a first deposit match up to hundred dollars. Price picks is Daily Fantasy Sports made easy. Corrain, let's start with you and your favorite quarterback play of the slate.
1: So I put down Taylor, uh, talked about I, I like that spot a lot. I would be Brissett. I think Brissett's mm-hmm. more fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel better about kind of his ceiling because of the pass volume that could really be behind him. I think the overall game environment of them just like needing to pass them, being aggressive right out of the gate, it's all there for Brissett. But if he's, I don't want to, you know, say this is my guy and then, you know, he's, uh, he doesn't play. So it would be Brissett, but I like Taylor a lot too.
0: Yeah. If you want to be playing the cheap guys, like no one's projecting that high. So like I, if, if I was looking at ownership projections, I don't think I'd be splitting hairs too much on the cheap guys if I'm worried about like a seven percent quarterback versus a four percent quarterback. They open so much salary and most of their stacking partners aren't going to be too highly owned as anyway. Uh so I, I just like if you like one, I think opening up the salary um is is quite important. If if you I think like
2: I I actually prefer Tyrod over Brissett, if only because in the games that Taylor played a majority of the snaps, he averaged six carries. So we're getting the rushing mm-hmm. floor to get there too.
0: All right, well, if Mims is active, I'm going to say Mims is my favorite just so I could play him because we've been wanting to play him all year and it's fun. Uh, Daigle, who's your favorite quarterback play?
2: I talked about Brock Purdy, and I just think he gets lost in the shuffle a little bit, especially on FanDuel, where he's the 3rd price quarterback. Jalen Hurts is going to be the cash game option, and I get that, but because of it, Purdy's going to be 5% or less rostered. And again, you can just... Tack him on to Christian McCaffrey. You don't even need a third option, although I like George Kittle, bring him along, but you don't need a third option. You can just play Purdy with McCaffrey and go from there to soak up all the touchdowns.
0: Yeah. Uh and in cash game, I mean, I I think it's pretty easy to get up to Hertz. He has the highest floor pretty much every week. Um, Obviously with a 30 point total has a ceiling against that defense. So I'm trying to get up to Hertz and cash and it should be relatively easy with the cheap running backs and pass catchers available this week. Um, Speaking of the cheap running backs, Dago, who's your favorite running back this week?
2: We talked about him, but yes, Zemir White is in an incredible spot. Uh, Even the Colts, these last, or out of their buy, I should say, um, dusted for 29 PPR points by backfields collectively. Even Rashad White and Derrick Henry, who never go over 100 yards, got there. Last week, Tyler Algier, Bijod Robinson, Robson, both averaged over six yards per carry. So with 20 touches in back-to-back games in place of Josh Jacobs, it's even objectively an amazing spot for Zamir.
0: Yeah, just let's keep an eye on that, that ownership because we haven't, Still projected pretty high. I think we have them in the fifteen to twenty. If I play them, um,
2: I don't think I play CEH. I think I'm going to take a stand one or the other way. Yeah,
0: I, I don't think I would play two of the cheap guys together. If I want to play two cheap guys, I think I want to throw um single. Especially because them.
2: McCaffrey is going to garner similar ownership. And yeah. so you just, you just can't play all three in tournaments. There's no way.
0: Yeah. Crane. I, I think because so many people want to play McCaffrey, I think your guy, I don't think he'll go unowned, but I think he might be in a, in an awkward salary spot that could kind of help you flip the build this week.
1: Yeah. Kyron Williams, I think is a, a really interesting play. McCaffrey obviously is just in such a good spot. Um, he's going to be the cover boy, of the walkthrough, most, you know, mostly just to celebrate the amazing year that he's had, but he's, and because i think he'll also smash this week but um it's like one of those things where at his salary you're really hoping for like can he put up 40 you know and um not that Kyron. Kyron is also pretty expensive but uh if the field is is going to be making that bet that McCaffrey goes nuts i mean i think there's ways of that of that failing you know the Brissett not being fully healthy. Like if they have to go to Howell and he just kind of craters and they get they can go home early like the, McCaffrey's not going to have the game you need. I think that the balance might be a little bit better here with the Rams and the Giants where you know maybe the Rams are you know able to kind of they're they're not running away with with this game in the way that I think we can pretty easily envision the 49ers running away with it. Um and we also know that when they get in close, you know they they're looking for Kyron. Um, he's been their their touchdown maker and he's just he's just really good in general. So um yeah, I just think this is a really strong spot for the Rams offense to move the ball, bet on the goal line roll, uh, and and pivot you off of McCaffrey, which is scary as hell, but uh, you know, he's gonna be talking.
2: It's we're gonna be sweating some kind of fear. It's just a matter of like who you <laughs> yeah. feel yeah, who you feel doesn't allow you to lose years of your life when watching them explode. Yeah.
0: Hopefully, we're just not. It's one of those weeks where um, we're not dead twenty minutes into the slate. That's all. That's what we're hoping
2: for. Man, I'm, we- I'm so worried. About, I would be so worried about a McCaffrey fade. Yeah. So, when McCaffrey
1: puts up like the the forty bird, it it feels like he's going to put up sixty. Like It's right. just everything. It's like he's just like just like skiing downhill, and yeah. he's just yeah. like, "Can I, it's crazy." So, you know, I'm, maybe don't.
0: Yeah, some of your lines, Some I mean, of your
1: lines, You don't
0: have for, for cash yeah. games. It's McCaffrey for me. For me this week, we don't care about salary. It's just one of those weeks where McCaffrey he projects so much higher than the field. Start with him. Start with one of the high floor quarterbacks. Just figure it out from there. There's plenty of value at running back at the pass catchers. Where um you know we don't need to be worried about trying to fit in the, the AJ Browns of the world in cash games this week. Um. Wide receiver, you guys both have two very interesting picks that we haven't touched on at all this week, so I'm excited to hear, uh, Crane, what you have to say about your guy first.
1: Yeah, George Pickens. Uh, I just think when I'm looking around and kind of the salary, this this week doesn't offer like a ton of guys in that mid-five range that you're all that interested in. I mean, Tyler Lockett's there at 5,700 on DraftKings. I think he'd be interesting if DK Metcalf was out for sure, but it seems like Metcalf's going to play um, and probably be fine. Pickens, I mean, just have this blow-up game. You know, that's that's nice to see. We got Mason Rudolph injecting a little bit of life into Speaking this. Speaking of offense. your
0: slate being dead ten minutes into the slate, George Perry. Boy, yeah. you <laughs> aren't you <laughs> aren't kidding. I just
2: turned off the TV. I was like, this doesn't matter anymore. I can't save yeah. a two-game slate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: but the other thing is like, okay, like how did Pickens get there over the Are, middle of the field? That was that was nice, you know, not just sideline. He got there because the Bengals can't up.
2: tackle is how he got there. Are they going to show up this game?
1: I mean, this, he's playing Seahawks. Seahawks aren't that great. So, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it is tough because Pickens um, does not have a target lead over Deontay Johnson. His, his target's per run only 19%. Johnson's at 24%. I do think they kind of cannibalize each other. But this is a second-year wide receiver. He's got 2.05 yards per run. He's 5,300. He's in a good matchup. His quarterback is shown a little bit more life than you know the quarterback plays had all season and it and he's explosive and it does feel like tj was saying like we need to probably be being perfect here a little bit and so it's like you know a well-priced explosive wide receiver in a good matchup i i wouldn't be doing anything else in this game i'm not even trying to like mini or anything like that i would just play a one-off pickins, but but feels like the slate where you could do that.
0: Yeah, it feels it's like so- a slate where you have to do that. Like you're probably gonna need like two or three random one-offs on a slate like this.
2: Story of all these backups have like been the same outside of Joe Flacco. It's they come in for two games, they ignite the offense, but then the rest of the league realizes they're backups. They have the tape then and backups can't adjust in real time to like professional football. So the Jake Brownings, the Gardner Minshews, the Nick Mullins, they just get eliminated out of like the picture because they just, they're just done. You can, they can give you two games, but that's it.
0: Um, Dagle, a guy we didn't talk about. We briefly touched on this game, but I mean, if you play this guy, you're going to get him at, at 1%. Yeah.
2: And we saw with Tutu Atwell back in the mix last week, Demarcus Robinson stayed in three wide sets with a route on 94% of Matthew Stafford's dropbacks. Not only that, but over these last six games since he's entered the fold and played a little more, it's Demarcus Robinson who actually leads the Rams in end zone targets. So if you want to talk about just cheap touchdown equity and getting exposure towards the Rams offense, Demarcus Robinson's right there, honestly
0: yeah and obviously you're going to save uh, quite a bit of salary with him and there's going to be cheap salary guys that um are pushing that 15 ish range so if we could find the the cheap one percenters like we don't we need one percenters every week but uh this might be a week where, with 13 games, you, you got to be digging for guys like this, especially in, in big field stuff. Uh, Rasheed Rice is the the top 4 for 4 value on both sites. Um, top 3 in, in targets over the past 5 weeks. Uh, top 5 in DK fantasy points per game. Still priced outside the top top 10 wide receivers on both sites. Even though his salary has bumped up a little bit, you should be able to fit him with McCaffrey and Hurts in cash games this week um daigle uh tight end that you like
2: most likely nosey flower so though although i question the environment of the game as a whole isaiah likely that's the kind of tight end we pay down for because he's still not priced relative to his ceiling and clearly he can get there every single week without mark andrews as he's done the last three games so likely will definitely be in my pool of players
0: and uh, likely probably not going to be super popular even if say flowers is out because uh it's likely that gerald everett is the chalk uh tight end because he is a little bit cheaper um so i'll just let you guys know that gerald everett is my cash play so uh coraine who is your tight end play
1: george kittle uh i took i said a couple of weeks ago that the the winner of, of best ball mania would have george kittle because like weeks weeks ago i was like man this looks like a pretty good spot um but yeah, I mean you're gonna it's like it's a bet on Purdy. It's a bet on the ownership not going there, I think of, you know, if, if people outside of McCaffrey are gonna go to someone I, I kind of doubt it's Kittle, given that he's an expensive tight end. Um, and it's always it's always tough to predict, but just like very, very few players, you know, have a have a ceiling like this at tight end. And so this this is kind of the spot, right? So I, I think I, I want to mix in Kittle this week.
0: Um, we have in, I mean, the one position we didn't uh, mention that we have quite a few cheap options on is DST. So I, I do think it's kind of like a a play what fits your lineup type of week, but do any stand out to you guys, starting with Korean?
1: I'll say the Panthers just so we got, uh, you know, this Lawrence playing through an injury or, you know, maybe not playing, but, um, the, the other thing is like the Jaguars have been throwing, you know? So I think you still get pass attempts against, even if he's not fully healthy, and they're cheap. They're very cheap.
2: Daigle? The Panthers secondary, though, has been dictating games. That was the whole point of you know betting them against the Packers last week is the fact that no one has gone over 235 yards against them since their bye. They're allowing just 5.9 yards per attempt through the air. So Panthers secondary has been amazing. Uh, I like the Panthers defense a lot. But a couple of other defenses I'll be playing are the Raiders and the Bears. So I'll talk about the Raiders. Literally – the number one defense in fantasy since Antonio Pierce took over, as we talked about earlier, the last seven games. He correlates with uh, Zamir White as well, since it's the same game script that's needed for White to get there. Do you think they'll be the cash game option, TJ?
0: There's so many defenses kind of bunched together um, that are are projecting pretty well. I I don't think that uh, any defense is going to run away with ownership this week.
2: Okay, well, if they are, then I will say at least on DraftKings, Texans are priced at the same thing. Yeah. And it's it's just a, a spot where even with Levis back, Levis should have been benched You know, a few of these weeks because the offense was so bad. Uh, they obviously, the Texans a couple of weeks ago, just stuffed Derrick Henry for for 10 yards on 20 touches, I, w- I believe it was. Um, so, yeah, you can also just pivot to the Texans. So the
1: Raiders yeah. get steamed.
0: Yeah, I like the Texans. It's the only
1: new year. That's why the uh, Hember hasn't panned out
0: yeah i i like the texans um quite a bit too um and and they fit in cash games um as we get out of here, instead of telling you guys to go rate and review the podcast, uh, for any of you that have been on Twitter the last few days, you might have seen messages from John Daigle and from our producers, producer Sal. Uh, this is their last weekend with four for four. So Daigle, Sal, just wanted to salute you guys, say thank you for everything that you guys have done. I know the subscribers have appreciated you guys a ton. Um, and I know we're going to continue to cross paths so if you're gonna follow anybody this week uh make it john daigle make it south check out everything they have done and everything they got uh coming uh in the new future so appreciate you guys salute to you guys happy new year
2: i will quite literally be saving it for the discord because i'll still be in there (laughs) yep yep you won't hear my voice anymore at least on this show but i'll still be in the discord uh
0: appreciate you guys um good luck everything in the future four for four and their subs appreciate both of you Absolutely. uh uh Karine, anything uh, before we get out here
1: no i just like to echo that it's been a pleasure working with uh daigle and sal here uh so i just uh bummed to, bummed to hear that news but excited to see what you guys got going in the future um yeah ha- for me.
0: happy new year to, happy new year to all the listeners and uh yeah as daigle mission still be back on sunday morning so we will catch you guys in the discord happy week 17 you no.